This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. My wife, Pastor Christine, and I wish to pay tribute to Dr. Theo and Dr. Bev Walmarans for 40 years of authentic and distinctive ministry. We also want to express our personal gratitude to them for allowing us to become sons in the house for the last 10 years of this 40-year journey. And since we are accepted into the house as sons, we've seen tremendous and exponential growth in the work of faith and in using our faith to be able to grow in our spiritual lives and also in ministry. I wouldn't say we are cruising, neither would I say we are flying on the, in this direction of the journey of faith, but at least we are walking on the, right, on the right road. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish to appreciate you all and all those who have spoken since the beginning of the celebration from everyone I have picked and gleaned stuff that's going to help me on my journey towards destiny. I want to speak on no more delays, and straight away, I want, I want us to read from the book of Jeremiah. My favorite version is New King James Version. Jeremiah 1, from verse 11, we read also verse 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. This word comes to Jeremiah, and this fits so well into what I want to share with you. No more delay. And as I speak on no more delays, I just want to span around five fields. I hope I will do that. If I can't do it well, at least I will mention what I want to say. And the first field is, there will be no delay in God performing his word. The almond tree, in the days when Jeremiah is speaking and writing, was one species and variety of tree in that geographical location of the world. After the winter period, when everything had appeared like it were dead, and all trees had shed off their leaves, and they looked literally like they were dead. I've been a, a nation in the north of Europe in winter time, and I saw that for myself. Trees looked like they were dead, except the pine trees. I saw they retained their green leaves. Otherwise, everything else looked like it were dead. After the winter is over, in the days when Jeremiah is writing this, there was a tree that would come back during the spring, it would come back fastest. And it would begin to bloom and blossom. And that tree was the almond tree. Hence, when God spoke to Jeremiah, he spoke to him in a way he understood. And he said, like this tree comes back to life very quickly, so will the Lord hasten his word 
to perform it. Just yesterday, the father of the house went into Ezekiel 37, and there we saw the dry bones, so dry that even when God asked Ezekiel, can this bone live, these bones live, Ezekiel did not have faith that the bones would live. He said, God, you know. I don't think that expresses faith. He said, God, you know. And God went on to lead him through a series of expressions that he understood. They indeed lived and became a mighty army. I want to say that these 40 years portend that everything that was dead in us comes back to life and comes back to life very quickly. 40 years is the time of transition. After 40 years transition, Moses transited from, transitioned from pride in the palace of Pharaoh. He transited after 40 years from the wilderness where he was employed by his father-in-law. He transited also after, after praying 40 days and nights. He transitioned the nation of Israel into a new revelation when God issued the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. It was a form of new revelation to them. It was a notch up in the revelation of God. So as we celebrate the exit out of the 40 years, I suddenly believe that God is releasing and heightening revelation towards his people. And I want to be a partaker of that. Unfortunately, brethren, Jeremiah when he spoke about God will hasten his word to perform it, he was talking about judgment. He was talking about judgment. And those who spoke before him, Habakkuk, Micah, Isaiah, and others, Amos, they had predicted judgment upon God because they were not listening. And because they predicted and predicted, and people stayed in their homes, and there was no translocation to a new country for foreign land which was the ultimate discipline of God over his people for indiscipline. They thought it was just business as usual. So then Jeremiah said, please, you people are messing up and you think it's business as usual. Judgment now is coming and it's coming very fast. There shall be no delay. And the same message is spoken by Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 21. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, what's the problem that you people have? about the house of Israel, which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails. Tell them therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the day is at hand and the fulfillment is of every vision. Ezekiel said the same. Jeremiah had preached through five reigns, through the reign of Josiah, the reign of Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. His ministry spanned 60 years. Praise God, the ministry of Dr. Theo and Dr. Bev has spanned 40 years. They just have only 20 to go to reach the mark that Jeremiah was at. And during his preaching, there are young people that were transformed. They included Daniel. They included Hananiah. They included Azariah. And they also included Mishael. These were taken into exile, unlike Jeremiah. But while they went into, into exile, the preaching of Jeremiah impacted, had impacted upon them. They could not keep quiet. They were the lights. 
in foreign palaces. And Ezekiel was also taken into exile, like deported. But he didn't end up in the same location. But where he went, he preached the same message as Jeremiah. And he told us who had remained in Judah that, please, nothing will stop God from fulfilling his word. Now, brethren, mirror reading shows that if, if, if God will not restrain himself to judge the person who is obstinate and adamant and totally determined to disobey the Lord, it also means that God will hasten to bless those who begin to obey him. And I want to be among those. So I want to quickly move to the second field where God will not delay, where there will be no more delays, and that is God fulfilling his promises to the obedient. Isaiah 60, verse 22. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. For this to be properly understood, we need to go back to where the verse 1 begins and God speaks about when you arise, you'll shine, you know, kings will come to your light. You think your gates will be open 24-7. Kings will come to your light and they will come to, to you. The sons of your detractors will prostrate themselves before you. Uh, he talks about, you know, uh, you, you, you'll receive your sons coming from all over the place, coming back to you. So he says, in this time of restoration, God will hasten it. He will hasten everything he's doing. And I suddenly believe in my spirit and confess that God is hasten. I confess it for myself. I confess it for my ministry. I confess it for CFCI fraternity all over the world, that God is hastening what he wants to do. I just remember one time, it was way back in 2002, my wife and I had an opportunity to, to go on a visiting trip to Scandinavia, and then when we went there, my wife was usually sickly those days, and one thing that was in our hearts and we had prayed to God is that we would have a house, self-contained house for convenience. And then when we went to Norway, we went for a visit, but we got other ideas, and our host also said, please, I think we can organize so you can stay in Norway for two years, and then, and then we can organize, get some money, come back, buy a house after two years. We even went to the Bible college where I, was, I would teach in Norway, in Oslo. And then all of a sudden, something came to my mind, I said, no, you're not called to be in Norway. You're called to be to your people, to minister to your people in Uganda. And then we totally told our host, please, we have to go. We just took those legal uh, plans you had to, to enable us to stay here and preach here and teach here in the Bible college. And we came back. But the man that had received us honorariums, when we returned, we used that money, most of it to buy a PA system for our church, some keyboards and some speakers. Then I want to tell you that after a few months, four to six months, there was money on our account that we had never received before. And then uh, we had one person in the church who was working in the bank. He called me and said, Pastor, you have money on your account uh, to stand a big bank. Can you come now and, uh, and please uh, we, we, we look at this money? I said, how much is it? He told me it was a big sum. I never received such money. And then I said, where is it from? He said, from nowhere. Then I understood. Then I, first of all, got a, a way to communicate to the people in Norway that I knew. One, one, doctor, who, one doctor in a, a medical school, uh, he told me, please, I asked him, is this money for me? Is it for the church? And he said, it's for you. Then we knew God had answered our prayers. When God is time for anything to happen, there shall be no delays. We wasted no time. We went to Ginger. 
Dr. Andre knows that house, and we bought the house. And so my wife has a house which is self-contained because when time comes, God expedites the process so that what he wants done is done as quickly as it should be. When we go to Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, for the vision is yet for another point in time, but at the end of it, it will speak. And it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Translation NIV says, though it linger, wait for it. It will suddenly come and will not delay. And Elder says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely come. It will take place to not be delayed. There's a time of waiting for the vision to come to fruition. But once the time has come, God expedites the process to those that believe and confess. It's not just God doing it. We have to factor in our commitment and our use of our faith. I just want to give you another illustration. After we were born into the house, 2013, we were in this celebration. In that celebration, uh, amid the celebration, Dr. Andre, who is a, an able representative of Dr. Theo, and who is a very, very competent supervisor, who is my supervisor in the ministry. He called me aside and told me, you know, Pastor Peter, something is just happening. It's happening. Actually, you are going to receive one million rand for the project of the church. And know what? Then he asked me, Pastor Peter, how do you feel? I said, I'm exhilarated. Then he said, but I don't see. You're exhilarated. I like fancy words. Then I said, please, Dr. Andre, I'm not a baby in the faith. I'm a very mature person. Inside my heart, I'm jumping. But one thing I didn't tell him is that the previous night, I had received a vision where Dr. Theo and Dr. Bev were struggling with a decision. And that I did not tell you, but I told my wife. After prayer and after waiting on God, when the time came, God gave money for a church that had stalled in progress from the year 2002 to 2013. Our church project had stalled. There was a total stalemate. There was a real impasse, a deadlock. It could not rise. But within six months, after we received that money, the process of building the church went so far that everybody in town wondered where we had got the money. There will be no more delays when the time of God comes. I just want to quickly... Okay, let me talk about Joseph. Joseph, everything seemed to have delayed. But when the Kairos moment clicked, Clocked, all factors worked together expeditiously. First of all, it was a double dream. Then he was thrown into the pit, sold off like a chicken, bargained for the price like a chicken, sub-Saharan Africa, and in his ears. And he wondered if they are his brothers bargaining for him, the price, for his price. He looked at them and did they were his brothers. Sometimes people do things and say things about you. You look at them and you wonder, is this so-and-so? Is this my brother? And it's just a rhetorical question. You have to answer it yourself. He is the one. Then he ended up in Potiphar's home, 
became a manager. For once, Joseph thought what God said has now come to pass. At Potiphar's home, he was sure it is now happening. God is faithful. He's doing it. But it was not to be. Because as you know, like I do, it was just a few year, a few probably months down the road, he was again in prison. But God uprooted him from prison. And he was in Pharaoh's court. In Pharaoh's court, you know, before there, he saw a limousine coming for him, a presidential limousine. Then they didn't take him straight to the palace. They took him to a, a royal salon, and then a royal boutique. It was, it was very terrific and happened so fast. It's so fast like in the year 1992, my first trip to Europe, I ended up in a hotel in Brussels. In Brussels, it was three-star hotels called Hotel Siddle. In Hotel Siddle, we arrived there with my friend and we slept without supper. In the morning, we rushed for breakfast because it was the airline that took us to that hotel because the change flight had delayed. Sorry, we arrived after the change flight had gone. It wasn't our fault, so they paid for us. When I was in that dining, in the refectory, I saw foods I'd never seen, and they were everywhere, everywhere. Every, I didn't know where to begin. And then my brother was the same, was worse than I was. So we, we fell on, on, on everything, you know. We began to put on the plates, and we mixed the sweet and the bitter. We, it was a total mismatch. And it was a mountain because we didn't even know you were allowed to go back and take more. So I remember this lady who was there, a young girl, gazing at us. Today I think what she was thinking is that, are these guys from Mars or are they from the deepest jungle in the world? And then when we tried to eat, we did not eat anything. What helped us was the chauffeur came very quickly and said, time up, you have to go to the airport. Then he said, thank you, Lord. I guess this is what happened to Joseph before Pharaoh. After all that torture, he didn't see, he didn't understand what was going on. So when the time comes, God will do it very, very quickly. The third field that I want to talk about quickly is, you know, the field of God fulfilling his prophecy in it is time. And it's Galatians 4 verse 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman, subject to the law. When the right time came, Jesus was awaited right from Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15, God promised Jesus would be coming, and all the way through the OT history, Jesus promised to come. And now, the world was waiting for Christ 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham. Add 2,000 from Abraham to the time of Christ, was a 4,000 years. Forget about this, what the plantologists come up with, you know, the first fossil and say this has been there for one million years, I don't know, 300,000 years. All that is to try to, to explain our creationism and replace it with evolutionism. Now the world was waiting, but in the last 400 years, of the 4,000 years, God began a process of expediting the coming of his son and his appearance on the earth. There was Alexander the Great, a young man. He died at 32, 32, 33. But before he died, he had been on the throne for about 10, 12 years. He had conquered 
the civilized world then from North Africa right up to India. The whole Mediterranean world was his domain. And why did God allow that to happen? It had been prophesied by Daniel that he would be in power. And that's the Greek empire. And God, through that Greek empire, was preparing a language through which the gospel was going to be transmitted. Because where Alexander the Great went, he ensured that Greek became the lingua franca. And everybody was speaking that. And God was doing that on purpose. Because he knew the time for his son to, to manifest on the earth had come. And there must be a language through which the gospel was going to be transmitted. Very soon in the third century, the holy scriptures that had existed in Hebrew were translated by Jewish scholars in the city of Alexandria, that's Africa. If you are in Africa, why don't you give God an applause? Because God knew the gospel outside of Palestine was the scriptures were going to be read in Greek. Because the Jews who had scattered away from Palestine, they had gone all over the synagogues we see in countries outside of Palestine in the day of Jesus Christ. They read from the Greek version, the LXX. They didn't read from Hebrew. And God was preparing ground for the gospel to be preached and pro 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 propagated. We all know that the New Testament books were all written in Greek. But all that was done through a man called Alexander the Great, prepared the ground. And then came the Roman Empire, which was super organized in administration and created highways and roads. And we all know the itinerary preachers made use of these roads to propagate the gospel. And therefore, the stage was staged. The stage was set for Christ to appear. For that Jesus, when he appears, he says in Mark 1, 15, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The time is kairos. The time is fulfilled. The message, he has come with a message. The roads for the gospel to move are there. The language for transmission is there. So when you consider the last 400 years compared to the first 3,600 years, then you realize in the 400 years before Christ appeared, there was an expedition. God expedited the process. There was no delay because he knew the son has to come and appear before the world and the gospel has to be preached. When the time has come, there shall be no delay. Finally, I want to bring to us the field of the second coming of Christ Jesus in 2 Peter, verse, chapter 3, verse 3. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but his long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is in the, in the mindset of some people to think that, you know, the Christ has delayed but we are in the end times, and I believe that 
a lot is unfolding towards the final drama. A lot is unfolding towards the final drama. That's not the subject of our discussion right now. But the Bible gives us a clue here. That whereas people are scoffing and asking in a sarcastic way that where's this promise? Why is it not happening like it has been said and preached everywhere? God is not slack concerning his promise. But he simply wants us to accelerate our effort in winning souls, in bringing people into the kingdom, bringing salvation so that people will have an opportunity to come to God. If we intensify our soul winning effort, our church planning effort, and in, on, in a sustainable way, then we will be sure that there shall not be any more delays even in the coming and the returning in the parousia of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me read the final passage here. It's Revelation 22, verse 10. And he said to me, Do not see the words of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. That's irony. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every one according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. This was spoken more than 2,000 years ago. But now, I want to tell you, there shall be no more delays. We just need to rise up. We shouldn't be like what God says. In, you know, God moves Haggai to speak to his people. This is now the exile that is uh, uh, predicted by Jeremiah is, is over. And a, a remnant have come home. And Zerubbabel has rebuilt the temple. And Ezra has come back to teach the people. And Nehemiah is on the way. Now you'll see, God speaks through Haggai 1, 2. And says so the people are saying, time has not come for the house of God to be rebuilt. Time has not come. People think time has come for them to build their houses, to do everything, to travel here and there, but they think the thing, time for doing what God wants has not come. So if we will not have that mindset and focus ourselves on the Great Commission and preach the word, there shall be no more delays. So let me read out my conclusion verbatim, word for word, as it is here in my notes. God has no delays. Even when it seems he has delayed, he hasn't. He allows necessary conditions to pile up before he will do his will. When Kairos, when Kairos comes, he does his will expeditiously. And the Kairos is not tomorrow. Faith says it is now. 
Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.